Hello and welcome to Kyo no Anime. I am Matt, this is Andrew, and this is a podcast where we're going to talk about anime we are currently watching. We're going to be starting from the beginning of any anime we watch on this show, so feel free to watch along with us or go on ahead and enjoy. Just like all your friends you've always tried to get into anime, or that friend who's always behind on what you're watching that you really want to talk about it with, we promise to catch up eventually. Without further ado, we're going to be starting today's episode off with Season 1, Episode 8 and 9 of Demon Slayer, or Kometsu no Yaiba for all y'all Japanese viewers out there. Andrew, I feel like we've come so far in this se- in like this series, even though we haven't like even made it halfway yet. I know, we're only on Episode 8, and it feels like it's been forever. And well, I, like- I feel like it's because partly we record mostly weekly on these and we sit there, we watch and then we talk. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think taking notes have like really changed my perspective on how these seasons are passing. Uh, yeah. You have to like sit there and actually watch the episode. Oh man. Well, it's like, I do that with most (laughs) of my anime. Like I, I like it has my full attention for the most part, you know. I it, do too, but you know, ADHD brain. I was about I, I was trail about to say, off wherever I want. I was about to say ADHD doesn't exactly help with that, but uh, like it just like my perception of the whole thing is is much different. Taking notes and really really being as observant as possible with it. I mean, I feel like the first time through that I was watching this show, I never really grasped the concept of how much time has passed, but it's been years in this universe in the show yeah yeah well i I didn't think about it like that yeah no like it that's substantial it's a substantial amount of time passed in the show which shows a lot of progression already at episode eight yeah my god well uh i guess that should that should roll right into our recap then uh so that we don't start talking about the episode too soon (laughs) yeah right we don't want to jump around too much we have to break this episode down uh, I have a lot to talk about this episode, so without further ado, Muzan Kibutsuji creates an opportunity to slip away with the panic of a newly created demon. An unexpected ally intervenes to assist Tanjiro. Well, episode eight, the smell of enchanting blood. That is such a strong title for this. Like, sometimes we've just had the names of characters as titles, but that's that's provocative enough i think to like really grab someone's attention i think so i mean do they do they show that in the like because i don't i never see that in the in the actual episode until uh until after intro music what did like the title yeah i mean you know when you click on it you see it if you if you're reading or if you're just going in blind but they usually do a little cutaway about it right in the it's beginning. It's just it's just interesting to me. I I never see it until after the credits. You know, basically. they hit that creepy music uh and they show you like the title of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I I see that from my memory, I could be entirely wrong on this. From my memory it's after the intro song plays. Yeah, it is. They go like and then they have the the title like if this was an old two thousands anime, they would have the main protagonist like talking and like saying the it, title. It sounds like you're saying it happens right before the intro music. No, it, it happens after the intro okay, song. That's what I, thought. I believe right before it rolls in to like the new content. 
which is, you know, cool. And then, like I was saying, you know, if it was a 2000s anime, they would have had, like, Tanjiro's voice actor saying the title. <laughs> yeah, probably. With a lot of vigor. Yeah, but Tanjiro does that. Tanjiro's voice actor does do that a lot. He like, does. He does do a lot of narration for the show. I know he does a lot of outro stuff, too, which is pretty funny. He'll, oh, for sure. He'll say, like, the name, I believe, of the next episode. Oh, I forgot to end. watch the little, the little Demon Slayer snippet. I don't remember if I did. Oh, that's disappointing. I always love those. I, I always forget to check. But, okay, yeah, so we pick up right where we left off in the last episode. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Tanjiro watching that demon transformation firsthand gave me chills. Oh, my God, that was, like, so... That was terrifying, for one. It was, It was. yeah, Because of scary. how fast it was. Well, it, that's what I was thinking. It was, it was literally just a scratch. And well, like it, and it, I don't think the human eye could see it. Yeah, but that was like, that dude's neck was fully sliced open. Yup, like that was a lot more than a scratch. That was a gash. Yeah, like it, like a, a tiger would have done that. You know what I mean? Like those were deep, deep cuts. Like and and the instantaneousness almost of him fully converting to a demon and then biting his partner he was walking with. Yeah. Oh man. And Tondro's over here freaking out, you know. Well, he does, you know, as soon as, beating. <laughs> as soon as the bite happens, he does kind of leap into action. He wraps his scarf around his hand and shoves it in the dude's mouth. And he's just restraining him, holding him down, because he's the mm-hmm. only one strong enough, probably in the vicinity, to do that. And what I realized is that, um, like, right in that moment, and the, the police are about to interview him, Tondro would have gotten arrested. Yeah, he had no clear way to say i'm restraining this man for everyone's no, safety no no no, that's not what i mean because sure if the you know they would have gotten off of him gotten a you know tondro off the guy somehow by i guess beating him with a stick if that would have worked i'm sure tondro would have sat there for like a half an hour getting beat up um but had they succeeded in getting tondro off and like restraining this guy and everything like that tondro has a sword it's illegal to carry a sword right now. That's true, I, right? Especially in a populated city like that. Well, fully, fully illegal during this period in Japan to carry a sword, period. And also the fact that he can't say, oh, I work for this secret government organization, so it's okay. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not recognized by the government. It's not, exactly. So he can't even say it's a government organization because it's not. Well, he's like, oh, I work for this group it. of vigilantes. Like, that's not going to work. We're protecting you. It's for your own good. No. <laughs> yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. He's going to get arrested. He's carrying a sword. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, that's what I realized in that moment of being like, oh. And then, and then we get uh, that look on Muzan's face when he's walking away and Tanjiro's yelling at him. Yeah, but also, like, Muzan's playing it off. He's playing it like, I don't know who that is sweetie to his wife and child and Tondro is just furious he's like you will never escape me ever he's like we're gonna go and he just leaves well we get flips out of there we get uh we get his you know partner or whatever she is calling him a different name yeah so we know as a fact he's masquerading and he sends them home which to me was like Oh, he doesn't want Tanjiro to be able to pick up on that scent and get back to his house and expose him. 
So I think like it's a little bit of uh, Muzan getting on the ropes a bit. Yeah, or or you know a power play where he's trying to back him into a further corner. Yeah, but then we get that that flashback. Muzan. Am I? I'm skipping ahead. Don't skip ahead. <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. Yeah. But yeah, so after Muzan slips out of there, Tondro's left to uh have to try to explain to the cops. Yeah, but you why give, he's not letting this dude get up. You gotta give Tandro props for his determination to not let anyone get hurt. Like I said, like he definitely would have sat there and got beat up for a half an hour just yeah. to not let go of the guy. If he didn't have to let go of the guy to like go after Muzan, you know, he would have chased Muzan down easily. That's, oh, for sure. That's why Muzan definitely did that. I don't know if he had any like Well, I think it was about Muzan not blowing his cover in that moment. Oh, yeah, no, he has to, for some reason, I don't know if it's for power's sake or, like, he's an influential person in this world other than the first demon. I think it's more of the exposure factor, like, the the idea that, like, nobody knows much about Muzan in general, so it's, like, the fact that Tanjiro found him. Yeah, also, nobody knows anything about demons, apparently. Yeah, so in it's this like, world, it's weird. So the the idea that like you could have the potential to blow his cover, I think, is where that comes from. But yeah, no, that was that was such like an intense moment. And then you know, t- what was Tondro left to do in this situation besides sit here, hold this guy down? How is he getting him out of here? How is he getting out of this situation? Yeah, and then we get that thick blood art. Oh my god, this this whole sequence was so pretty. I had to like rewind and watch it a couple I times. I was like like for this woman, her blood art is literally art. Yeah, like like, like there's no there's no other explanation for that. Like she literally makes art come flying through the air. Like I I don't I don't know any other way to. So like what I guess I was a little confused about this. I think it was either Hers specifically, or a mix of the young guy that she was with, were I they hiding was, in plain sight? Were they in like a weird pocket dimension where no one could see them? I think they were definitely. It was a plain sight kind of thing. Like it's like if Muzan vanishes, if Muzan could walk around, why can't they? I mean, they were walking around. I believe purely in coincidence. To this well, that's occurrence. what I'm saying, though. It's like you know, they like they can walk around equally as much as long as it's at night. So I think it was just like happenstance that they ran into each other. So I think it was like a hiding in plain sight thing, where it's like they just happen to be walking around as well. Where it's like maybe they were concealing their presence a little bit to not be found by Muzan, but you know, they probably didn't even know he was there. And we kind of get this moment where you know, one, it's peaceful because this is so beautiful. But then, two, this demon is saying that she also shows up, pretty much was kind of taken aback by Tanjiro's kindness towards a demon. Yeah. As a demon slayer, and then said, I'm different than Muzan. I want to kill him. Well, before that, she was like, I'm Doctor. Like, and I was immediately like, Doc Demon? Demon Doc. What? 
<laughs> that was actually kind of a cool little twist there. Like, I, I got so excited about that because I was like, oh, we got Demon Doc. I don't care what her name is. I'm going to call her Demon Doc. That's fantastic. Or Doc they, Demon. They take the woman that got attacked by the newly converted demon guy and was like, we'll treat her. But I believe they also were treating the demon. Right? Or did they let the demon get taken? I No, they took him. That. They took him too. They took both of them. So yeah, he's they said, gonna help both of them. They said later on that they locked him in the basement. Oh yes. Okay. I you know, I watched this like four days ago. Oh my god. Three days ago, something like that. I just realized something about the next episode. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. But please try to remind me. Uh, I don't know where you're at, so maybe in uh, about the guy the in the basement. We'll get okay. to it. Trust me. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, but then we kind of get a jump cut, and we go to Muzan after that. You know, we're we're doing a cutaway. Uh, Tandro is getting out of the situation that he was just in. Muzan's getting into a new situation. Right. Muzan. Uh. Well, we already said what happens with Muzan is that he he tells his family to go away in the carriage. Says goodbye to them. And after that, he stumbles into a bunch of drunks yeah, in an alley. A, a sick moment. Because Muzan at first is like, I apologize. I have somewhere to be. Like, I'm very busy right now. Yeah, he's I can't like, deal with you. It's okay. Sorry. Keep it moving. Well, yeah. In, in the Japanese version, he apologizes and says, like, he's in a hurry, so he can't talk to them right now. And then the guy stops him. Did something different happen in English? No, it was pretty much the same. He was just kind of like... He was polite at first. Yeah, he was being very cordial. And then killed him. And then the drunks started the altercation a little more. And then he absolutely bodied these two guys. Like, he literally one-shotted them. Like, first, the the one drunk, he just, like, picked his arm up to the Mm -hmm. side. And, like, his fist touched him. And he flew into the wall. Oh, that was so cool. I, oh, yeah. And then the woman runs up to him and is like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then he just stabs her in the head. Well, before that, the, the, oh. the guy, the guy, the other guy, like the bigger guy was like, what did you do to my little brother? And goes to attack him. And then Muzan just kicks him in the chin, which makes him literally go above the buildings. <laughs> so uh, now we're getting a little bit more of a power showing from Muzan, which yeah, is but so his cool. Exposition was so cool to me. Right when he's, like, killing the that, woman, right? That made me kind of like him as a villain before he kills her, where he's like, does my skin look too pale? Do I look, like, sick? Do I look sickly to you? Do I look like I'm not long for this world? He, and then he, he just, looked like, a little, uh, he, his, like, fragility was showing just like, a little bit there. He was out, like, out, fuck out, these out. people, man. They, they're making fun of me. Well, that's what me? I, like, I loved that. And he's like, like, there's his flaw. You know, it's like, that's something that's going to be able to be exposed. Maybe he's like super vain. Like, and he's like, I want to look so good. He's got to be, he's got to be like the biggest narcissist ever because he's lonely as shit. And like, he literally says he's the closest being to being perfect. Damn. <laughs> if that's not a little conceited. But then we also get... It's definitely conceited, but it was so cool to me. <laughs> we get that moment where he starts to pump blood into this poor woman in the alley. And I was like, ha, huh, it is. His power is hypodermic needle fingers. So he's transferring blood, but at an increasingly fast rate. There, She just can't handle it. And he's like, the human body can't withstand this much. 
and she just turns into a pile of mush. Well, in in Japanese, he specifically says that they can't handle a fast transformation. So it's like, so that little like scrape was like just enough to convert him, but not enough to make him very strong. Not enough to make him pop or dissolve, I guess, because she just like evaporated. Uh, but I was like, it's like maybe it's an art style choice, but it's really ironic to me that his nails like turn purple when he like turns them into like the the demon, demon nail nail, I guess demon nail, whatever. But like. That happens when your nail actually dies. Like, like, have you ever like slammed a finger in a car door or something like that? Yeah. And when your fingers, like, fingernails about to fall off, it turns purple. So I don't know if that's an art style choice or if they did that because of that. It's just a cool thing that I. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that was that was super cool. I mean, he, I guess, for lack of a better word, it was probably be dead. Um. And then we get the flashback that I'm so excited about. And we also get that moment where he kind of just like, it almost feels like he snaps his fingers and two demons just appear behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, that was quick. <laughs> which, which we did Where'd you to, come from? Which we did have to rewatch. But <laughs> I mean, we rewatched this because there's a key thing we'll get into later. Um, but he essentially puts a hit out on Tanjiro. Yeah. Like he's he can't face to face with him and was like not about this, no and nope. Then, and then we get that stick because he's like the Hanafuda earrings and and like, yeah, and we don't know why he's like the Hanafuda earrings. Yeah, but then we have a flashback. Yes, we do, and a small one though. I immediately was like, Tandra's dead. He's got a red sword. Ah. Look at them earrings. They even like, passed down in the jeans. <laughs> I think Tanjiro's dad was the closest ever to killing Muzan, and maybe it's the whole reason Muzan's in hiding. Maybe it's the whole reason Muzan attacked the family and turned Nezuko into a demon in the first of all. Like, maybe this is all about revenge for him. Yeah, I mean, he seems petty enough to do it with the last showing. But want to know what really got me thinking? The red sword. Because I don't know if you saw it in the flashback, but, but that sword had a red tinge to it. And I was like, oh my god, this is why the blacksmith was so disappointed when, when he was, didn't see a red sword. It is black. And I'm like, ah, like that makes so much more sense now. Like I understand why he was so upset because it's like, oh, it should run in the family. So I should be able to see this brilliant red sword. This would be sick if this was Tandro's dad. We hope it is. I'm, I'm like that is not fan, sure yet though. My fan theory is so like on this. <laughs> like I don't know it for sure, but I know it. You know. Yeah. So after that tense moment there of a hit being placed on our good boy Tandro, he is back at the udon cart. Uh, possibly. So I had a really difficult time coming up with the my favorite scene for this episode. Um, this was my second pick for my favorite scene of the udon guy yelling at him for dropping his udon. Well, it's like because that was pretty funny. I love, I love that the characters that they make in this are so like into what they do. You know what I mean? It's like they have so much care for what they do. The guy didn't give a wink that you know to Tanjiro breaking the bowl. He was just like, "You didn't eat my noodle." He's like, how dare you? He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna. 
I'm gonna get me more right now. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, but but then the udon guy's like, and you're gonna eat my noodles too. Like everybody's here is gonna eat noodles now because that's all I care about. And then Tanjiro starts to eat them, and I literally wrote this. He was like, he starts eating them like a demon. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> just, he eats them like Goku or Naruto, exactly, like, like just scarfing it. It's so funny, guys. Oh, it's so perfect too. Um. And finally, he apologizes for leaving Nezuko alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nezuko, wasn't Nezuko, like, half asleep at that point? Yeah. She but was just kind of, like, fading out. And she was, I'm was pretty like, sure oh. she was fully asleep sitting down, and then Tanjiro just got up and ran the fuck away. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he bolted, you know. Oh, man. You know, come to think about it. That could have been way if, worse for her. Well, that's, that's what I was about to say. If, if Nezuko had been there... She would have been able to restrain the guy, mm-hmm. and then Tandra probably would have gotten killed fighting Muzan. That would be too convenient. So that's definitely why it didn't happen. <laughs> Ooh, my pick for MVP might have just changed. <laughs> and then you know, suddenly a boy in a kimono pops up. He's just like, hey, he's kind of mad, and calls Nezuko an eyesore, and Tandra's like, what? No. <laughs> Oh she's my beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he was like, oh god. He's like, no, my sister was the most beautiful girl in my village. Yeah. You you must look at her in better lighting, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> and then they finally get to that get to that dead end and he's like, maybe it's the muzzle. I I need to take this thing off so that you could look at her beauty without it. Yeah, it's like this it's ruining her face, man. <laughs> That was that was one of those comedic moments in this that was just like, so pure gold. I'm like, what a good and bad older brother. <laughs> like, no, my sister's hot. <laughs> it's like, how dare you not want to marry her? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was that like, was great. like great, but also a little weird, you know, a little bit. But you know, it was like the proud big brother. <laughs> um, but and- also, you know, we get a very kind of like cool first moment where um. You know, he's bringing Tondro to the demon doctor now. Yeah. And, uh, and and then what was funny, it was that Tondro was like, you didn't have to track me. I could track you with my super sniffer. Oh, yeah. And he was like, nope, you can't. We got shielded. St- I forget exactly how he put it. It was a demon blood art that yeah. hides things. It's essentially like if they were to use talisman. Like it's a concealment thing. Yeah. They were like concealment talismans using blood art, which was actually really cool. So I, I thought that was pretty and dope. I love how, uh, I'll call him the demon kid. Uh, like his name's uh, Yushiro. But uh, Yushiro, I love that he treats uh, Demon Doc like Tanjiro treats Nezuko. Oh, yeah. He's like super simp. Like that dynamic is fantastic. Because just, like, everything that Tanjiro does, he gets mad at. Yeah, he's like, don't look at the mistress with those eyes, you plebe. Like, and pretty much. Like, you're like, like he's, just, he's just asking questions. How dare you ask her a question directly? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's all these, every little all these thing. very little things. And she's like, stop hurting him. He's like, milady, I must defend your honor. And then she, <laughs> he flips him and he's like, I didn't hit him, just like you said. I only oh flipped God. him. <laughs> he's like, I didn't hit him, though. Like, and then she's like, you may not do that as well. He's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I wrote, you know, when we finally find the, like, concealment where he, like, pops his head through and he's, like, 
follow me. I was like, he just Harry Pottered. Oh my God, yeah. He was just like, this dead end is not a dead end. <laughs> so, wow. That was pretty funny. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. The show's showing like different kinds of blood demon arts already on episode eight, giving us a bigger power spectrum. I feel like we should at this point. You know, we've been seeing a lot of those sword techniques up until this point, but we really haven't seen very much in terms of blood art. I mean, we haven't gotten any that are super wowing. Like, we've gotten the demon powers, like that guy who, like, swims in the puddle and just, like, takes his victims into, like, a weird puddle zone. Yeah, well, and split himself into three, and, like, I feel like that's definitely a blood art. Yeah, it has to be, or, you know, something. Like, it's it's a special demon power, okay? It's a power. They got them. We've seen them, but we haven't seen very many. Like, we've seen, what, two? Like, we saw the guy with all the arms. I like could stretch his arms out like crazy. Yeah. I assume that was his demon power, his gluttony power, right? Sure. Yeah, I guess so. Like, there's so many things I would have to do a lot more research about the demons per se. Well, I was thinking back to the, what episode was it? Episode three or four when the, uh, the demon he fights in the uh, selection. Oh, yeah. That weird thing. Yeah. You know, like with all the arms that he could like stretch out like crazy and stuff like that. Yeah. He had like fucking 60 arms that he could reach out towards Sandro. Not even too sure what his power was besides being really fat. Fair. Well, he had so, the, he had a really strong neck. Really. Which really was really just neck. some of those arms wrapped around it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just. Put layers upon layers over it. That was it. That yeah, was his I mean, power. The more sweaters you wear, right? <laughs> God. Uh. So yeah, you know what? You know what kind of upset me this episode? What? It's not my. It's not my miss. But I was like, okay, Tanjiro with the fucking lie detector nose. Like what? What hormones does lying give off that you can smell it? Guilt. I like. That's not a hormone. Stinky guilt. <laughs> like, like You're shit in your pants a little bit. Like I that feel like there. I feel like it's going a little too far with the with the super smeller. I mean, it's pretty funny though. Like, oh, uh, she smells like someone who's not lying. I can trust her. And yeah. like, really, really, my guy. We we also find out now essentially that they're now meeting face to face inside this. Essentially, it's a hospital. Uh, that she's treating the woman from the street. And they lock the man in the basement. I guess. Also I mean, to I, be treated. I viewed it as like a house. But yeah. I, guess, I guess it is kind of, you know, set up like a doctor's office. Yeah, I mean, makeshift maybe. But like hidden enough, hidden away, and now they're treating the victims. Of I the mean, she is, she is Doc Demon, so it does make sense. Doc Demon's pretty sick, though. Um, what was this? I, I'm sorry, I have like a weird little note here, and I'm trying to remember what I was saying. Well, for one, I know that they tweaked their bodies, which was super interesting. Oh, yeah. Yushiro and uh, Yamato? Tamayo. Tamayo? Tamayo? Tamayo, Tamayo. Tamayo, Tamayo. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But yeah, she tweaked their bloods to only need a small bit of human blood to function, apparently. Yeah, I was really curious about that. It's like, how? You know, how does, how does one make that change and stuff like that? And then she talked about removing Muzan's curse, and I was like, well, what is that? Yeah, she removed the curse from herself and Yushiro. Well, Yushiro didn't have one. Actually, yeah. she made Yushiro a demon. So, 
This is, I believe, why we also find out that she's a traitor. Yeah, but that's also where the whole lie detector nose came from. And she has the ability to also create demons. But I believe it took her 200 years to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. Which is insane. Because that means, you know, she's older than 200 years old. Oh, yeah. 100%. And was only able to turn uh, Yoshiru into a demon. On top of that. Yeah. And she was saying that she only needs a small amount of human blood, like I was saying before. To kind of keep the hunger at bay, and she only takes it from like people who are, um, I believe, in other forms of treatment already. Yeah, but well, with well, consent. <laughs> she she said, I don't know if it was different in the English version, but she said like terminally ill patients, the people that are definitely going to die. And she also offers to, I believe, turn them into demons, knowing the fact that. She, they would have to live the life she does of like consuming human blood and she yeah yeah them, well she like... she always asks them she said yeah. uh but it is like terminally ill patients that wouldn't be able to live otherwise which is really cool i think so i think that's a well it sounds kind of messed up i it's mean like it's... oh i think the best form of human experimentation is people who are about to die anyway but it definitely is and i don't know if her removing the curses helps them remain well it's like the I'm, same person they I don't used think to be. I don't think it's her removing curses because it it's her turning people into demons which has never succeeded other than once. So it's like I don't know I think she learned well, to do it me, after two hundred years, but I don't I think she can continue. Well that makes me that makes it. me curious about that is like how maybe she has made more people into demons in that case. Yeah, but it took her a very long time to even figure that out. Right, but now I'm curious, because I thought she said in the episode that she had only succeeded with him, but I could be wrong with that. We could do some research about it if we wanted to, and maybe Get us in the comments. Or don't, but get us in the comments, because we want to hear from you. Correct me. Um, Yeah. Correct Andrew. What? No, don't correct me. Yeah, yeah, do it. Only correct Matt, not me. No, no, no. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Definitely Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh God, yeah. So we we just went over the like two hundred years took forever. Um. So and I this was a funny lull moment for me, but Tanjiro after that asked how old Tamayo was, and then Yushiro just fucking beats his yeah, ass. He's yeah. like, you never ask a lady your age. <laughs> and you're just and, like, <laughs> well, that's that's when I wrote the note that I love the immediate dynamic between, uh, God, I forget his name every two seconds. Yushiro? Yushiro and uh, Miss Tamayo was just, like, it was just immediately so clear, and, like, this is what the dynamic is. Like, this is a Tanjiro and Nezuko dynamic. Like, it's the same exact thing. Like, you do anything wrong, and they're going to defend you to the end. And then, you know, as we were going, okay, well, she knows how to remove Muzan's curse in general. Um... But she's like, I don't know how to change a demon to a human. So we we come up on another dead end with the whole Nezuko storyline at this moment. Yeah, well, then we get a quick cut to what I thought was going to be, like, direct competition for Tanjiro. Because at first, when they first cut over into the scene, 
it looked like there was this new demon who was sniffing the ground. And I was like, uh-oh, a, a super smeller versus super smeller situation. That's going to be... That's going to be bad news for Tanjiro. Imagine imagine that fight, though. I was honestly so excited for it. And that would I, actually be, like, a very cool fight. And that because of that, the whole eyes on his hands thing just didn't surprise me. I was just like, oh, oh, it's just hands. Uh, it's just eyes, ha- eye hands. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they seem to have found them pretty quickly. So that kind of, I want Well, that's when they, like, showcased his ability and, like, Looking at the ground, he was able to see their footsteps in the direction they were going. The arrows. The arrows. Yes, the arrows. The eye arrows. Um, And then we cut back, and she was like, uh, to Miss Tamayo, talking to Tanjiro, being like, oh, can, uh, can I ask you two favors? Oh, yeah, those favors are pretty, uh, well, I remember, I remember one of them clearly. And the other one I was a little confused of. Uh, well, the first favor was uh, being able to study Nezuko's blood. Yes. The second favor was to collect other demons' blood for them to study that are, quote, closely related to Muzan. And I was immediately like, well, aren't like 99.9% of demons related to Muzan because they have his blood? I... And I was like, okay, well, maybe the more blood, because we, we found out with the girl, like he can't give too much blood. So maybe it's like the more blood they have of his, the more closely, quote, relation. The stronger they are, too, I think. Well, it's like the, the pure sample of Muzan's blood you're getting at that point. And then I was like, when were centrifuges invented? <laughs> Because, like, what if Muzan's blood is, like, thicker? You know what I mean? I mean, we don't really know. No, I looked it up. I stopped watching this episode. And you looked up how thick his blood was? No, not how thick his blood is. <laughs> you might get different searches. Um, how, how thick Muzan be? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like he, he thick, though. <laughs> like, maybe it's lighter. Maybe it's thicker. Throw it in a centrifuge. And then I was like, okay, well, if they're at the beginning of the Meiji period, then it's probably like 1870, which is so close to when centrifuges were invented. The first, like, working centrifuge was for, uh, like, dairy. Okay. And it was put out in 1875. So it's like literally five years later, there were centrifuges. I swear this podcast needs the more you know sound. <laughs> like, there's things that I'm learning, and hopefully everyone else is also. Um, I'm, not, I'm not paying for SFX right now. Get on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Anime. If you want sound effects to come in, I'll pay for that subscription with the Patreon money. Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it sounds like the purpose of this is so that we can find a way to uh, undo demonification. Yeah, so just wait 10 years, throw the blood in a centrifuge, bam, you got a pure sample of Muzan's blood without actually having to fight him. Okay. It's only 10 years, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, for a demon? She waited 200. Yeah, I was like, for them, that's nothing. Absolutely nothing. The concept of time is probably gone. To so them no big deal. Point. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe she doesn't know about centrifuges yet, but 
and then we kind of just it jumps and then the house starts getting attacked yes of course we get a demon entrance mid-conversation because of the power of balls bouncy balls this week's episode is not brought to you by balls energy drink no more settling for ordinary break free from the mundane grab some balls and power up your passion balls because life's too short for average energy <laughs> okay. I can't help myself. After that perfect ad read, balls sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, um, please. Anyone. We can go, I guess, through our uh misses and our MVPs. Okay. I'll do my miss first then. Okay, Gordo. My miss is the last couple of seconds of this episode. Were Everyone in that hut that just, like, the balls bounced all around, nobody got hit or anything. Everyone looked way too fearful, except for, like, Nezuko. Because they saw a demon. Like, it's it's 4v1 right now. I mean, it's a sudden. It's a sudden scare. It's a sudden thing, but it's like they shouldn't be afraid. And Tanjiro just got a glimpse of possibility for saving Nezuko without trying to get Muzan to do it for him. So it's like, this is, this is the one like, thing where it's like, you just got presented hope, and it's like, your hope didn't just get dashed. There's a research sample in front of you now. Like, immediately. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you, you find out the information, you get the things that could help your sister, and then, bam, like, if I was him, I'd be smiling in that moment. I mean, he's been having a rough go of things for a little bit, so maybe he's just kind of on edge in all these situations. Look, it's fair, but that missed for me. Okay. Because, because no, that's fair. Like it, you know, it made sense for maybe uh, Yoshiro, Yo, Yo, Yoshiro, to yeah, I keep forgetting his name. Like it, that one character for some reason slips my mind immediately. Um, I hope he's not big. Throughout the, the rest of the series. <laughs> uh, oh, God, what was I saying? But, like, maybe him would make sense to be like, oh, this is a scary moment because Muzan just found us. You know what I mean? Like, we've been hiding out this whole time. I mean, so it makes yeah, sense for scary. him to be a little scared. They were hiding in, like, demon blood art. But I feel like at this point in time, Tanjiro should not be as fearful. Okay. Because it's like, it's like we already got that character growth of him standing up to people and him going after demons like of his own accord instead of being afraid of them. Okay. So yeah. it's like it's one of those things for me where it's like to show the emotion of fear on Tandro's face in that moment didn't feel appropriate. Sure. Yeah. What, um, was, your, what was your miss? Okay. So... My miss, it's it's very just like cut and dry because this either hits for me or misses for me every single time a character like this exists. Uh, Yushiro being like the ultimate simp was just starting to annoy me at certain points because it was like, dude, they are having a conversation. Shut up. <laughs> this does not involve you. Why are you judo flipping Tanjiro? Why are you punching him? See, Why really... are you attacking him? He's literally being peaceful. He's just saying things. And you're like, the ultimate betrayal, man. So that's my, that was my actual second 
pick for my favorite scene. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> like, I, like it was just it was like oh my god, and it may have been the the like voice in the dub or something. Maybe for where me it was, it was the just fact, kind of more annoying. For me, it was the fact that it was over the top, and I really enjoyed it. <sighs> but yeah, no, like it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. It was just that was just like dude, come on, dude, dude. It's not that big a deal. Just let the plot move forward. But, you know, that's me. That's me. It either hits or it misses. It does it every single time for me. Um, the character just has to be well-received in the moment. And he was not well-received by me. Well, I mean, since I did literally just mention my two favorite scenes already, uh, you know, my, my favorite scene was more than likely the Udon shop guy. Uh, with that card and just how passionate like they make everyone in this show about what they do like I said like the udon shop owner was only upset because Tandro didn't eat the noodles not a worry in the world about the bowl that was shattered and then the scene where they were talking to Miss uh Tomoyo where Yushiro keeps getting mad at Tandro and he keeps just like beating him up for no reason at all it's like it, he's ever so slightly rude and he just goes at him and I'm like that's literally what just happened beforehand with him yelling at him because he called uh, Nezuko ugly yeah and I mean like if we were picking favorite scenes my favorite scene was that blood demon art in the street that Miss Tamoyo used and it just was like gorgeous oh yeah yeah like that was that was so cool like I couldn't I could not I I watched it twice just yeah. to really take it in. So I mean, it's it it was uh, beautiful artwork. Not not my MVP, but Matt, what's your MVP? My MVP, I had a tough one this episode. Okay. So originally, which I kind of think this might be your MVP, originally I went with uh Miss Tamayo's blood art. It was a really cool cool moment. Kept kept a bunch of people from getting killed. Uh, from the guy that just got transformed and kept Tanjiro from getting arrested because he had that sword. That's fair. That is very useful. My, the reason, oh, I, I was also like, we gotta, got, somebody's gotta get Tanjiro a Mezzer, Um, which are technically from Germany. Um, but there was also a sword ban there at, in I forget the time period. It was late 1800s, I believe. And you weren't allowed to carry a sword anymore into like cities and stuff like that. So they invented the Mezer, which direct translation of Mezer, Andrew, is knife. The blades are about two feet. <laughs> Just so you get an idea, it's basically a miniature longsword. <laughs> like okay and but they used to carry them into places and be like oh no like this isn't a sword it's a measure like it's just a knife <laughs> so so somebody's got to get that for Tanjiro uh but i might have to backtrack on that and say it's got to be the udon because without that udon cart like i said Tanjiro would have gone and Fought Muzan and probably died right then and there. 
yeah, Muzan's cover would have gotten blown, but no one else would have had the ability to find him. And if Nezuko, like, had came along with him instead of being left at that udon shop, like, that was the deciding factor between life and death, like, for real, for Tanjiro. And then, like, he would have never met these people who have a possibility of curing Nezuko without Muzan that are willing to work with him. Yeah, that's fair. So, God, I'm so torn, but I got to go with, I got to go with Udon, because <laughs> first, okay. first of all, yeah. I love Udon. Udon's delicious. And it was, it was, uh, that's my MVP. Okay. No, that's fair. What was your MVP for this episode? You're going to hate me, because it's, uh, because it's still Muzan. No. <laughs> <laughs> because... Because Muzan, again... He's not helpful. He's not helpful, but he's great for driving the story forward. And honestly, we got to see a pretty good showing for him in this whole episode, making him out to be a very formidable bad guy. He had really cool moments. Yeah, he came in there. He destroyed a bunch of drunks. He he made a girl turn to goo. He is lording over these two hitmen demons to send after Tanjiro. He converted a guy to a demon in front of Tanjiro and slipped away being the master of disguise. He is doing, he's did a lot in this episode to just be such a uniquely bad, bad guy. And I love that. And that made me really go like, okay, this is getting me a little more jazzed up for the rest of the show because he's, He's being so evil, and we just don't know to what extent yet. The fact that I agree with you, for one, infuriates me. <laughs> um, two, I might have to look up the historical facts on Udon, all right? Udon <laughs> is an art. Udon is a passion. And Udon is its own special flavor. Get some today, Udon. <laughs> Great noodles. <laughs> oh, jeez. How many rolls can I have <laughs> randomly sponsoring nothing? You got to find like a like an udon uh, supplier that we're just going to plug randomly. Hanamaru Mart. Your, you your best stop for, uh, for one, they, they actually do have a ramen shop in the back in Hanamaru Mart. I genuinely do recommend. Okay. Because yeah. it's a great little Japanese mart. Uh, like hidden away, and it has a ramen shop in the back that's actually really good, and everyone in there is super nice and are legitimately from Japan. Well, that's awesome. Like the amount of Japanese restaurants I've been to around here that are like no one speaks a lick of Japanese. The best kind. Yeah, I love. I'm kidding. No, I love. It's I, absolutely. Terrible. I love. I love Chinese Japanese food. Yeah, I love the fusion. <laughs> <laughs> That broke me. <laughs> Rolling on. <laughs> I love the fusion. Anyway, we're almost at the 50-minute mark, Andrew. Oh, my God. We had so much to talk about this episode, and I really don't have a lot to talk about for next episode. Do you? I mean, I have a good amount of notes, but it's mostly the breakdown. It's, it's mostly just, like, point for point on, like, the episode, the occurrences, the fight, the powers, well, you know, I'll tell things you, like that. I'll, I'll tell you what, Andrew. You give me an idea right now. All right? You got about 
another 15 seconds before we hit that mark. Do we want to continue this episode and just have a long episode this time? Or are we splitting this one up too? Because we've been, uh, we've been on a roll with, with getting these episodes split because of how much we can manage to talk about one episode. So I would love to have a long, long, long episode. But it also, I, I take into account the amount of time someone has to listen to us talk about an episode, let alone two. 100%. So I would say we split this one and, you know, we do, you know, number nine. Like, unless think, we turbo through it. I think that's entirely fair. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. We're happy to have you along with us here. Check out our Patreon. You know, Patreon.com. <laughs> I can't speak. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Anime. Next episode filler episode where we'll talk about random stuff the episode after that or maybe we'll double up for you so that you don't have to uh wait the extra week to get the next episode in next week we'll be going over episode nine of demon slayer or kimetsu no yaiba be uh be looking forward to having you along for that as well thanks so much for watching until next time enjoy watching <laughs>